Hi, welcome to Wandering into the Woods, a podcast brought to you by the creators of Adventures with BG. I'm Linda. And this is Jarrett. And today we'll be talking to you about our trip to Goliad State Park and um, all of the little adventure that we got to do there. Remember the Goliad? That's the place where about 450 Texian prisoners of war were killed in 1836 by the Mexican Army under General and President Antonio López de Santana's command during the Texas Revolution for Independence. The Goliad City and State Park are situated by the San Antonio River. Spain actually established the city in 1749, which makes it one of the oldest settlements established by Westerners in Texas. Goliad State Park is not currently heavily inundated with visitors and offered a great option for paddling on the San Antonio River, which of course Jared could not resist. So when he told me about it, I was a little hesitant at first because I thought, you know, Goliad, it's a pretty historic Texas site. I don't, you know, with COVID going on, there might be a lot of people that want to go there. But when he reassured me nope. it's camping, yeah, it's South Texas where the heat is unbearable, can be unbearable. Um, I hesitantly agreed. And so uh, part of our compromise was that we actually left on the night of July the 2nd. And we uh, traveled down there. Um, it was a two and a half hour trip uh, from Austin down to Goliad State Park. Um, the park was open um, and I, I believe it is open um, from 8 a.m. to 8 to 8. Okay, so eight to eight. So we have eight we eight. we made it right on time. Yeah, like two minutes before. And I'm sure they've got some grace period before they come out and actually shut the gate. Yeah, so we made it right on time. And they do shut the gate. If you are curious, it's yeah. a thing that happens. It, it it is a thing to plan for. Keep that in mind. Um, so we arrived there and we were able to um, set up our tent uh, that evening. And it wasn't uh, draining hot. We were in in a. We decided to set up our tent, or we had already uh, set up chosen our spot beforehand because we it helps and in fact right now i think you, we, have, you have to, to reserve right ahead yeah, of time you have to do everything online day passes camping sites yeah so we uh so jared had handled all of that on on texas state park website and so we went to our spot and we we thought we had chosen a spot close to the or right by the river and and it was it, it was right by the river the problem is that there's uh not a lot of clear cleared paths to the river other than those designated by um, the state park uh, employees or, or staff. And they've, they've got one trail. There's not like where people just cut through and, and run right. to the river. It's pretty thick foliage. It's pretty dense. So it's not like you could just make a straight line as the crow flies and go to the river. You've actually got to follow their, their path, which takes you down to the last pullout side of the Goliad paddling trail. Right, and it's not just dense; it's also painful. There's a lot of uh, what, what do you call those um, uh, sticker burrs? Yeah, a lot of sticker burrs. A lot of plants with sticker burrs. I don't out think there. that would have been an issue inside the woods, like going towards the river. That's just in the grass. Well, it, it was still there. Were still a lot of them there. Yeah, it was quite a few. And uh, it it did seem like there were a lot of plants that were thorny as well. So it's hard. What I'm saying is, it's hard to walk through it. So you can't even cut. It's hard for you to cut if you wanted to. Um, if you didn't want, if you wanted to avoid the trail, you, it's, I would think it's a challenging thing to do. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we were right by the river, but you wouldn't be able to tell because of the thick and tall foliage, um, in between our campsites and the river. Um, the trail itself was about, I'd say half a mile, if that. There's less than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. I mean, the trail is longer, but to the, 
but, to but the from river our access. campsite, yeah. yeah, to the river access. And we were in the Hakalis area. Um, and Jerry, what would be the the anglicized pronunciation of that? How would you pronounce that? I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, that that's how I, you know. Hasalis? J, yeah, J A C A L E S for uh, those yeah. uh, of you who, who don't speak Spanish. Um, so it was. It's in the Hakalis area, um, and that's where we chose to set up. It's a spot where you can do tent uh, setups and RV setups. Yeah, it's a mixed site. Yeah, it, it's right by the. So you're really close by um, by your cars where you can park, and some people had their RVs in there as well. Um, but we did see, you know, three or four families while we were there. Yeah, there was two RVs and another family camping besides us. So, yeah. like four families. But there, this were like, I would say we saw about 15 p- camping spots there. How Something many? like that. Yeah. Uh, and, well, I mean, in that campsite, we were in site 31. So uh-huh. there's apparently at least 31 sites, I would think, oh, based crazy. on that numbering system. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not, but just based on the numbering system, from what I know, there, there could be up to 31 campsites. Right. And and we're saying that's to give you an idea of just how we were able to keep our distance from other people. It wasn't very crowded. There was just four families there yeah. or, or four sets, four groups. And you do have a, a female and male restrooms um, in the facility, very well maintained, very clean. Um, I'd say for, for state parks, I would give it a five out of five stars. Um, really, uh, they even have showers there. As well, um, for those of you that can't stand the heat or don't want to... A shower. Oh, yeah, sorry. A shower per uh, restroom. So one for females, one for males. Um, And and you also have uh, water uh, fountains nearby near your tent areas. Yes, all the RV campsites have water and you can just walk over and grab some. Yeah. Out of the closest spigot. Yeah, and um, there's also dump stations for the RVs. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, we set up our tent. Um, Jared took our giant uh, battery that we have for these trips, uh, mostly because we knew it was going to be um, unbearably hot. And uh, the girls' BG. It's a goal zero. Yeah. Um, That's what it's called. Okay. Goal zero. So, yeah. So, Jared Yeti. took it. So, Jared took it so that we could connect um, two of our little fans. And we could um, try to stay cool throughout the night, which most of the night was hot. But towards the early hours, it really starts cooling off. Um, and so I was happy. It was a low of like 73. So Yeah. So I run generally cold. So for me, it was chilly. And I was more than happy to, by the morning, start cuddling with uh, Jared, um, right in between Jared and BG. Um, they, they turned me into a sandwich. And that was nice. Um, but, you know, don't be fooled because within a few hours, it was blistering hot and I was more than ready to get out of there and uh, return home. So, mm-hmm. but um, before we got to do that, um, we went to a local uh, restaurant nearby um, around 8 a.m. and got ourselves some breakfast tacos and ate them at the square, the historic square, which is really nice. Just yep. parked out there. Um, really, uh, we learned a little bit about a 19, I think a 1902 or 1904, um, tornado that went through the city and tore it apart. Um, and, uh, there's a little plaque outside the courthouse that tells you about it as well as other historical cool buildings, um, in the area that you get to see in downtown Goliad. And after we had our tacos and coffee, I took Jared over so that he could begin his, uh, rafting adventure. So, Jared, do you want to take it from here and tell us about your rafting adventure? So, Linda dropped me off at the Goliad Paddling Trail, 
It's a 6.6 mile. I GPSed it. It was closer to seven for me. A paddling trail, you could take probably a canoe or a kayak is what most people would take. I took my pack raft because, you know, I don't have a kayak anymore. And it worked out pretty fine. Um, you put in off of Highway 59, if that means anything to anyone. You can Google it. There's actually a paddling trail, like trailhead. I found it in Google. That's how we were able to get there. Oh, God, it was so hard to find, though. It wasn't that hard. For me, for those of us that aren't as experienced in finding those dirt um, entrances, yeah, it's hard. So it's a little dirt road that takes you down under Highway 59. There's a bridge. And then there are some long metal stairs that you take down actually to the San Antonio River. Uh, so I set up, got my pack raft inflated, got everything stowed away, got my GoPro set up. So I set it up on the front using a helmet adhesive sticky pad. And then I threw uh, everything into the river and I started down. It took me a little less than three hours to do it all. Nice. I'm asking you. Uh, I wasn't counting on account of, at first, um, we uh, went back and took a nap, the girls and I, and then we were just trying to survive in the heat, and we're packing up. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how long you were gone. So around three hours, depending on flow rate, uh, Texas Parks guesstimates that it takes about two and a half hours to four hours, depending on you know your skill, flow rate of the river. Uh, when I went, it was kind of brown and I assumed the water was up a little bit higher because it's been raining. So it was probably flowing faster than normal. It clearly floods a lot because there's a bunch of trees falling down in the river and falling across it. So there's tons of snags and shredders and things. Mm -hmm. uh, not that it's too dangerous because you're not moving really fast and there's not particularly rapids. There's also two pullout points. There's one at Ferry Street. So if you don't want to uh, pay to enter the park, the day, the day fee, mm -hmm. you can pull out before and it's a little bit shorter, like a mile shorter. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go the whole way, you can go to Goliad State Park where we did and, you know, pull out. And then I got out and walked the quarter of a mile or so back to our campsite. Uh, apparently, it's also known for fishing. There's quite a bit of sunfish, bass, and catfish. I saw a few fish mm -hmm. while I was out there i assume they were catfish because they were just kind of lounging around like on the sides they're like i'm a fish i'm a fish yeah <laughs> uh i didn't see any snakes didn't really see any turtles there was a heron or a crane of some sort mm -hmm. that i think thought i was chasing it because it would land and then i would get close to it and it would fly way down the river it's like oh there's my stalker again yeah and then i would get close and it would fly way down the river so it's, <laughs> it went on for a while i guess it eventually got smart and just Went back the other way or went to the side. Did it tell you no pictures, please? Uh, it did. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard to take pictures in a river, you uh -huh. know, when you're moving. Right, To take right. your phone out. As you're paddling. Yeah. I mean, I would stop paddling. I wouldn't paddle to take a picture. But mm -hmm. then you're just at the mercy of wherever your boat wants right. to go and spin. So I didn't get any pictures of the bird. Um, but, I mean, the river itself, it's moving. It's not terribly fast. It's fairly... Easy. I mean, seven miles to paddle if you're not ready or at least semi-fit is kind of difficult. I asked Jared how deep it was, too, because those of us who aren't great swimmers um, might want to know how deep it was. And how, how deep did you say it was, Jared? I mean, I didn't stick my paddle in everywhere. I mean, like I said, it was dark brown, so I think the water level was up higher than normal. I mean, at least for right now in summer. Mm -hmm. 
But the couple of times I stuck my paddle in, it never went over halfway. So I would say less than three feet in almost all the spots that I tested, which wasn't be all. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some deep spots where, you know, it would be overhead. But for the majority of it, it was probably less than three feet. Okay. Uh, but, you know, going back to not a hard not a hard paddle. Um, you just kind of flow. You can take a break if you want. The only The only big issue is there's snags everywhere from fallen trees in it. So that's one thing you have to be mindful for. Mm-hmm. Probably if you're in a kayak or canoe, it's not a big deal. You just hit it and go over it or go around it. But being in a pack raft, I had to be a little more careful. Right. Probably wouldn't have popped my boat, but it's not a chance I wanted to take, you know, six miles away from the campsite and then having to swim that or Definitely. whatever. Or trying to patch it. So, yeah, I got to be a little more attentive in a pack raft. Uh, but if you're in a kayak or a canoe, I mean, snags and things like that are no big deal. Back when I had a kayak, you know, you could just kind of roll over that stuff and not be too concerned. Um, and if you uh, want to know more about pack rafting and listen to our previous episode about pack rafting in Lake Georgetown, shameless, uh-huh. shameless plug here. Yep. Episode 12, uh, Linda's first time getting in a pack raft where she got the good one and I got the terrible one. And I got to learn what pack rafting was. Yeah. And- Overall. <laughs> um, and, you know, just going down the river, it's pretty smooth. And I paddled almost the entire time, but I guess you could not and still make it down. As far as obstacles, there's not a whole lot other than I mentioned the snags. Uh, there was an area where there's a couple of flows caused by either rocks or trees falling down, which you have to kind of navigate through. Um, if you're unskilled, it pretty much takes you the way you need to go. So there's not much to worry about. You could probably do it, and if you're in a hard boat, it's it's not a concern at all. You would just hit whatever and stop or go over it. Uh, that would that would have been the first obstacle. Uh, the second, there was a large tree that had kind of fallen over uh, the river itself, mm-hmm. and then another tree that stuck out from the other side. So you just had to do an S. I mean, not real quick, but with some concern. You know, you couldn't have been real slow. So it took you had little, to be paying attention. You had to be paying attention, and it took some timing. And some knowledge of, you know, just how you needed a stroke. But if you didn't panic, you'd have been fine. And even if you hadn't have made your turns, as long as you were kind of close, you would have been hit in the face with some branches probably. But, you know, nothing terrible would have happened. And then the third heart obstacle, someone had taken the time to build out, you know, like a little rock dam, like you see along rivers, if if you've ever been to one, um, where it's kind of shallow. And then that met up with a tree that had fallen over. Uh, so, oh, no. so you had to, uh, there's probably like a four foot gap you needed to shoot between the rock wall and the fallen over tree. And then you hit just a little bit of turbulence and something that was close to rapids, but not really. And you just go down it and that's pretty much it. And so those would have been the hardest things involved with the river. So most people probably with luck and a tad bit of knowledge could have been able to do it, and if not, you know, it's slow moving enough where you could have backpedaled and gotten a good feel for what you needed to do and, and then gone down it. And it's not very deep, so if you are to flip over, it's probably likely it's not the end of the world unless you're shorter than, yeah. you know. So if you flipped over, it's not like you were going to flip over and then get caught under something or got pushed against a, a rock or one of these fallen trees. You You could have just stood up. Yeah. And that, that's what I'd be more concerned about with shallower water that you're more likely to hit yourself if you fall or. Yeah. Yeah. Than, but than, like in rapids. Yeah. So if they're going real fast, it's real easy to get pushed up against something and uh-huh. not be able to get up. Right. But since this is so shallow and it's not, 
even the tough parts were not moving real fast, you'd probably just be able to stand up anyways. So do you recommend it for beginner paddlers? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you're trying to build endurance, it's definitely good. I mean, seven miles is a long way to go. Mm -hmm. But it is beginner. If you want to fish, it's probably pretty good. I'm not a, I'm not, I fish on a rare occasion. So I don't know that you've gone fishing since I met you. 13 years I ago. Got a, I've got a couple times <laughs> okay. over, over lunch breaks with people. Okay. And I've got my little tiny fold-out. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's it's called a pin fishing pole, but it's slightly bigger. Oh, Jared's been fishing without me knowing. Yep. Occasionally. Uh, you think you know someone. Yeah. Then you find out they go fishing. Yeah. I mean, you know that I bought it. I bought it in McAllen when we lived there. But anyways... So I'm not a big fisher, so I don't know if you need to, like, anchor, but it's moving, so it's not like you'd be able to stop and cast. So you've got to kind of kind of prepare, you know, for, for fishing, if that's yeah. your thing. Um, as far as rivers go, it's kind of unique. I It's my first, I guess, real big interaction with the San Antonio River, other than the San Antonio Riverwalk, which, uh -huh. you know, is all fake anyways. Ooh, you really are stirring the pot. Well, no, here, but sir. they they pump water in. They make it deeper. Sir, let's take let's not discuss this very uh, turbulent subject. Or you know, is it they fancy the river up? Shh. Yeah, they fancy the river no. up downtown, so it's nicer. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they pump water in and stuff. <laughs> so other than the San Antonio River River Walk, this is definitely my first interaction with the San Antonio River. And it, looking at all the snags and the fallen trees, apparently it, it floods a lot. Yeah. Because there's all sorts of random things also, you know, in those fallen trees and giant brush piles where things have just been piling up for years. Or maybe it's different by area of the San Antonio River. Probably. Possibly. It's probably cleaner or closer to San Antonio. Maybe. But, you know, being used to, you know, the Blanco, yeah. Llano, uh, Colorado and San Marcos, it kind of like the banks. It's much steep, almost the entire way down. It's steep banks. So who's in charge of maintaining the river area? Is it a county or a state um, I don't responsibility? I don't think anyone. Oh. I mean, Texas Parks is is technically in charge of rivers, I guess. The rivers I, I'm themselves. just wondering because, you know, I wonder if this is, I, I don't know. I guess we'll we can research it later. Okay. But yeah, the, the banks are a lot steeper. So there's mm -hmm. not like as many places to get out like you would normally think in a river. So, okay. So if you've ever been tubing or something, you know, you see like fairly low banks, but the San Antonio has like six foot, mm -hmm. I don't know, at least three to six foot banks, like almost the entire way. Mm -hmm. And there was rarely, barely any sandbars or any like sand locations on the edge to get out. Okay. And so I thought that was neat because a couple of times, you know, I was like, oh, it's I was, a real river. Well, I don't know about <laughs> that, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's just not conducive to getting out if you ever needed to. So be prepared, you know, yeah. or keep that in your mind that you may have to slog through some mud and some steep banks if you need to get out for whatever reason, if there's injury or if you've got to take a bathroom break. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Jared. Thank you yeah. for sharing your experience with us. Definitely. Appreciate it. And now it's time for our segment, What the Haters Say. So from an anonymous user, uh, they give it two stars. They were disappointed, exclamation point. Number one, hiking trails start and stop at someone's tent site. Number two, the only easy fishing access to the San Antonio River is the canoe takeout location. Number three, the office was out of firewood. Can Number you imagine? Yeah, no. Number four, the bathrooms were mostly clean, but the walls and corners had cobwebs. It's an 
outdoors park. Yeah. Can you you cannot have cobwebs in a state park restroom, Jared? Yeah. Unacceptable. Number five, so many stickers. There were quite a bit of sticker burrs, and their dog was covered in them. People need to fix that. Number six, <laughs> the bike trails need some maintenance. Number seven, no canoe rental. In town, in the park, or in Goliad. How can you have a canoe entrance but no canoe rentals? I it's know. unacceptable for a state park and number, to not have that, Jared. Number eight, no place in town had firewood because it's their job to Because supply. it's South Texas and you don't need firewood. That's just... Ugh. I'm guessing they went in winter, but I mean... Even then. Goliad State Park is not known for its hiking trails. It's known for its historical site. So going to the Presidio, the Mission, and I forget it's the guy's South name. Texas. Zungia's? Don't need firewood. Is that his name? Zungia? Uh, Zungia? There's, there's someone there yeah. who's born. So there's a birth site, the Presidio, yeah. and the Mission. So those are the really key attractions plus the paddling trail. Yeah. So not having trails or having an issue with them is kind of weird. Um, also the only easy fishing access, I mean, combining that with the canoe is, I mean, you should have done a little research and come prepared, I would think, instead of. It's just, what I'm finding really odd about this person is that they expected the state park to kind of work like a, like an adventure park or, you know, some sort of private recreational park. And that's not what it is. It's a state park. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get it like Colorado Bend State Park. Mm -hmm. They've got canoe rentals. And they have firewood, but all this stuff is, like, on the website that says that. Right. And so it's pretty clear to see that Goliad wouldn't have canoe rentals. But at the same time, they also said that it was, like, a three-day weekend and the wood was sold out. That's probably why the park was actually packed Mm -hmm. that weekend when it's normally not and all the wood was sold out. So just kind of a a weird review. It's like they've never been out in nature. Um, Sticker burrs, beggar's lice, I mean— Anytime I go hiking, I expect the girls to be covered in those because that's what happened. I mean, I guess if it's not beggar's lice, sticker burrs, or prickly pear needles, you know, right. like we haven't had a very good act- outdoor activity if they don't have some of those in them. Exactly. So that's it for what this hater said. Well, and another hater said, it's hot, hot, too hot to go for a walk or even move. Bring an outside fan and sit. Other than that, it's clean and wide pool through spots. Not many, 1 through 20. 13, 15, 17 are the best spots. Some shaded better than others. Nice fire pits and a grill. So this person gave it 3 out of 5 stars because of the heat. They must be a winter Texan. Yeah, I, I want to say, like, this is South Texas. South it's going to be hot. Yeah, but I mean, Texas. And is, it's going to be humid. Depending on when they went, they're right next to a river. I mean, you know, it's 100 degrees with a crap ton of humidity. Right. Being that close to the river. We took two fans. Yeah. And we were still hot. And there was condensation coming in from our tent um, because of the, the moisture, um, mm. just how humid it was. Yeah. So my guess is they were a winter Texan and yeah, just have no it. clue about what heat is. Or maybe they're just not outdoorsy people. Maybe. They could have been RVers, so coming yeah. outside is just something they're not used to. Yeah. Well, that's what the haters are saying, Jarrett. Yep. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed listening to our adventure at Goliad State Park and Jared's adventure um, paddling through the San Antonio River. If you like what you've heard, uh, make sure you check out our website, adventureswithbg.com. That's the letters B and G. You can also find us on social at Adventures with BG. And if you're listening on 
Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five-star review, that would mean a lot. We're small and growing, and we definitely need your support. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe as you wander into the woods.